Daddy ate this. Give me my flower. This is the Daddy Ain't Dead podcast, where it's one dad willing enough to spread a message of appreciating dads around the world in real time instead of when they are dead. I'll be conversing with another great dad today about wonderful things that dads go through and all the things that dads do. We're going to make sure we give each other our flowers and also just have a great conversation for everybody to enjoy. Give me my flowers. Welcome to the Daddy Ain't Dead podcast. Joe um, met when I was working at uh, the CDC at Eglin Air Force Base. Um, yep. We're both working there um, doing two totally different jobs, but it's crazy how our, uh, our worlds crossed anyway. Um, mm-hmm. And oh, and just so I let everybody know, um, I'm doing this podcast with no shirt on right now. Hey. Because <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm jealous of JoJo. <laughs> and the transformation he has made in his life uh we'll get into that later but you know i'm just trying to you know show off my skin like like you are all the time man but uh, <laughs> no way no way but either way jojo man go ahead and, uh introduce yourself man all right well my name is jojo joseph really but i go by jojo um i'm 32 i'm a dad of three girls and I have a wife. And uh, to be blatantly honest, like I say I'm a dad of three girls, but the oldest two, they really aren't my biological kids. But mm-hmm. I, will, I don't tell people that because I don't see it like that. You know, I took the, the oldest one in at four and the youngest one in at one or the middle one at this time because now we have our own baby. Right. Years old. But uh, she's adorable, man. Yes. Oh my God. She's just growing every, every second is crazy. But like the older two, they, um, when I took them in with, you know, with my wife now, um, they actually opened the door for me to be their dad. Cause I stepped in and was like, look, I'm not your dad. I'm just with your mom, but I will be a dad for you if you want to. And from day one, they left the door wide open for me to be a dad. And it's just been so perfect. Like, I think that some guys are afraid to be dads to, you know, stepkids or have kids or whatever you want to call it. Right. But I, to me, I was lucky to have the two girls that I have because from day one, I was dad. I wasn't Jojo. I wasn't Mr. Yabui or mom's boyfriend. It was like always dad. So to me, I have three daughters. They're my my daughters, my kids, and uh, it's just been a real blessing in that kind of situation because, and even right now, I think like 90% of families are probably blended in some sort. Right, right. So it's like we're the majority almost now. That's true. But uh, everywhere we go out, everybody's like, oh, yeah, they look like you. Oh, yeah, the only <laughs> they resemble you. And I'm like, yeah, of course they do. That's my kids. And so, but yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody would ever say like, Oh, are those your kids? Because like, I don't ever, there's no difference between like the baby who's biologically mine and the older two, they get treated the exact same because they are my kids and forever will be. Exactly. Dude, you know, and it's crazy. I've known you for a few years now and that was the first time I knew that. 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah. See, that's crazy. So as I'm listening to you say that, I'm like, damn, for real? Like, <laughs> you, like because you're you're spot on. You're not lying. Like everybody who's listening, he does mm-hmm. treat them like they're his children because they are his kids. That's and right. I didn't. I swear, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. I just. I just assumed, like, like yeah. those his girls. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I just wanted to share that because I want be- people to be able to relate to that. Because, right. um, like, if I didn't say anything, nobody would ever know. No, no, not at no. all. Not but, at all. Now I can yeah. tell you, your your baby girl. She definitely got more of your, your <laughs> uh, complexion. Oh yeah, definitely. Especially now we've been letting her out in the sun and everything. <laughs> you know, everybody stay at home now, so right. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. And so, but, uh, and so everybody like, <clears throat> um, when I when I was saying earlier, I'm like I said, recording with my shirt off. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> is, yeah. <laughs> is because man, JoJo, when I met him, me and him were the same size, and I mean, big boys. Yep. yep. And what i i think i what i when did i leave eglin i left eglin in 2017 yep, yep. and i remember us having a conversation right before i left you were starting kind of like a fitness regimen you know mm-hmm. lifestyle change and you was trying to yep. talk me into it yep was like nah i'm good you know <laughs> nah i enjoy eating it's my favorite pastime right sure. <laughs> and so i was like nah i'm good bro and and yeah. Lo and behold, I go to Korea, I come back to visit. And yep. at this time, me and you were friends on social media. So I, right. I hadn't seen you. And right. So I come back to visit, I go to the old job, and this dude had, at that point, lost, I don't know, am I saying maybe 70 to 100 pounds? About 70 pounds is when you saw me, yeah. So I'm like, damn, Jojo, like what the like yeah, yeah. instantly I was like, he was doing that. That joint went before I left. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm still the same weight and he looking like that. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, dang it, I should have listened. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then shoot, you then you told me then I'm I'm about to do even more. And I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then we connected on social media. And I just, man, it's amazing. I saw your transformation like live, you know what I'm saying, via your Instagram posts. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're super motivational. Um thank you, thank you. Like it's crazy. And so, you know, me and you always, you know, whether it's DMing or whatever, um, you're always checking on me, make sure I'm staying on track. Um yeah. you've been great. Um to to step in and like kind of motivate me because I asked for it, um, mm-hmm. making sure I stay on track. And so I'll tell everybody because I haven't really been promoting that I've been you know hitting the gym and stuff like that. But right. I'm, I've lost 15 pounds since. Heck we, yeah. Uh, um, but I probably gained probably. it all back since the coronavirus hit. <laughs> that's okay. That's life. That's that's part of it though. <laughs> you know, doing the at home workouts, but I'm still um at home eating now. So is uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, There's more downtime. Right. You know, um, but man, just talk a little bit about your trans um your transformation, how that how that happened. For sure. Um man, it's been a great, great journey and a lot of learning. And it's actually been able to like teach me more life lessons than it is just like losing weight Mm. but um, it all started because you know I had the kids and 
you know, I'm five three, so I'm super short. I mean, even for a girl, I'm short, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I was two hundred and thirty pounds five three. So like I was just as wide as I was tall. Mm-hmm. And you really couldn't tell um, by my movement and the way I acted because I was still doing backflips and right. like running around and everything. But like I just knew that at some point I'm going to still want to run around with my kids. Mm-hmm. And at the rate I was going, I was like, you know, that might not be possible. So I wanted to make some kind of change in my life. And I've always liked fitness. I've always liked working out. But I wanted to get right you know right so i was in the gym you know doing what i'm supposed to do what social media tells you you're supposed to do trying things out and doing the cardio and everything and like to me it all worked technically but it didn't work for me to keep me motivated so i had to figure that part out and so i did every fad diet you can think of the keto the atkins the fasting the intermittent fasting like everything Right, But to me, none of those worked because there was nothing I could do for a lifetime. Mm, okay. So what I learned the most is the diet that you choose, the style of workout that you choose, you got to be able to do it for the rest of your life, not just that 15 pounds that you want to lose to fit into your board shorts or whatever for summer shredding. I mean, don't get me wrong. It it can work. I mean, everybody does it all the time. That's how people sell their fitness, right? Right. Oh, I can make you lose 30 pounds in 30 days. There's a truth behind it. You can, but what are you going to do after those 30 days? And so that's what I had to figure out for myself. So what was real motivating about it was my wife, honestly. Like, I feel like the people who love you the most will be able to hurt you the most but Mm -hmm. (laughs) luckily for me I was able to see the good in it because I would you know step on the scale and I'd be you know four or five pounds lighter I'd be like oh babe I lost some weight and she'd be like that's nice I don't see it (laughs) (laughs) and if she heard me say that she'd be like oh why you gotta put me on blast because everybody's gonna hate me now but the truth of the matter is, is like that's what I needed I needed her to be like okay cool now what um, I, I don't see the change, man. And um, so for me, that was motivating because I was like, okay, there's more. Then there's more. And so a year from the time I started was 30 pounds down, and like I was like, oh, I kind of feel better. No, oh, oh Lord, hold on. <laughs> of course, of course, my Alexa speaker will talk right now. Like, yes, of course. <laughs> the government's always listening. <laughs> But yeah, go ahead, man. I'm sorry. No, you're good. But, um, <clears throat> you know, the first year I lost 30 pounds and I was super excited about it. And then uh, because of that, I was I kind of got stale. I kind of let life get in the way and I started putting weight back on. So I put on 10 pounds and then I was like, man, I'm tired of this yo-yo dieting stuff. Like, I really got to figure something out. So that's when I was like, you know, what? I'm going to do a bodybuilding show. And then, of course, everybody was like, oh, you don't want to be like that. You don't want to be too muscular. And I was like, yeah, but I also want to give myself a goal. So, like, I picked a date. I chose the date. I paid for it, so I couldn't go back on it. And I was like, I'm going to be ready to go on stage. And uh, so I figured out, again, I started yo-yo dieting with the uh, the keto, the uh, 
the intermittent fasting and like it all worked but again it was just like man i can't i just can't do keto for the rest of my life i love yeah. bread and rice too much <laughs> i love potatoes i love french fries and you know i did my own research and thank god for youtube because you don't have to subscribe to anything anymore you can just look up and right so what i did is i looked at all the bodybuilders and i started watching their channels and the ones that all kind of sounded the same and not doing all these crazy things the ones who you know are consistently looking a certain way mm-hmm. now granted they may be on steroids or gear or whatever <laughs> enhancement drugs they are but there's still a diet to it right, and right. Still a workout protocol yeah i was gonna say you still got to go to the gym yeah so I started listening to a lot of those guys and the old school cats that like, you know, your Jay Cutler's and your Ronnie Coleman's and stuff. Yeah, they did steroids. They did things. But like, you don't get that body just taking steroids. No. There's probably like 90% of men right now who are on like hormone replacement therapy, testosterone replacement therapy, and they look worse than 90% <laughs> of the people, you know, not taking it. Right. So... I just started listening and, you know, um, learning. And I figured out for myself that, like, I felt the best when I was eating more food. So all that meant was I needed to do a certain kind of workout to balance that out. And, uh, man, 85 pounds later, I win my first bodybuilding show by myself. No coach, no nothing. And, um, well, granted, I only went against like three people, so <laughs> to me it was a win, but it wasn't a solid. Hey, whatever, it don't matter. Yeah, yeah. Um, you got up there and did that. That's right, and uh, you know that was a real big thing for me. And through this whole journey, like the really thing that kept me driving outside of the fact that I wanted to get on stage was like, I got to prove to my kids that anything is possible. So if I can show them that you know through two years I stuck to something and I got it, that's going to prove to them that, hey, if you stick to something, you can do that. So, like, my family was my driver through the whole thing. And so, like, I see you, man, like, <clears throat> working out like crazy, 4.30 workouts in the morning, you posting every day pretty much, mm-hmm. and eating. Um, I say uh, only sociopaths eat the same thing every day. <laughs> yep, yep, I'm actually... I've actually eaten the same exact breakfast or relatively the same exact breakfast for the last year and a half. Yeah, I've seen that. And I'm like, dude, you like like that's admirable, first of all. That's crazy. Like, but that I know that's what you have to do to yeah. get body that you have right now and to get to meet those goals. You gotta do like not extreme, but you gotta be super consistent. dedicated and you consistent. Gotta be consistent. Yep. And, those things I know, man, I know you have um like a saying, um, your motto that you go by. And and what's that motto? It's be the difference. And kind of explain that to everybody's listening when you say be the difference. So honestly, the first time I heard that um was actually in church probably about four years ago. And I don't even think he was talking about actually being the difference. I think he just said it, our pastor. And uh it just like stuck with me in a weird way. And um, so I wrote it down in my phone and uh, it just, it just stuck with me. 
And like through this fitness journey, I was like, man, I really want to start my own brand. And um, oh man, how it all started, how it all came together to be my brand is the coolest story. So the whole reason for Be The Difference One is in church and everything we do, we're trying to change people. Like everybody's trying to change somebody. But of course that never works, especially when it comes to like your church life or your religion. Mm-hmm. You try to change somebody, they're pushing you away because you're like, nope, you're a hypocrite. You're this, you're that. Right. Just like, okay, instead of trying to change people to be different, if I want people to change, I need to be that change in people. Like, I need to be that change that people see. So if I want change, I need to be that change, which entails be the difference. So be the difference that you want to see in other people. So instead of trying to tell someone, don't do drugs, be nice, I'm just not going to do drugs, and I'm going to be nice. Right. I'm not going to tell them how to be. I'm going to show them how I'm going to be, and hopefully that's good enough to be an influence on them. Yeah. So, so how does that, you know, go into you as being a dad for your, for your girls? Honestly, man, being a girl dad has been the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. I thought I would never want girls, and now I have three of them. Right. I don't even think I would want a boy at this point because, like, <laughs> being a girl dad is like it's amazing because um it really lets you be the like the loving dad that I wanted, the compassionate dad. Like, I don't always have to be like the hard ass, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they can. And I'm not saying a boy can't give you that because I don't know that for sure. But I would like that with my dad, kind of. You know, I would hug him, yeah. kiss him, stuff like that. So I know the compassion's there, but. The whole be the difference in them is like the world we live in right now. I wouldn't say it's worse than the world we grew up in, but it's just more easy, easily accessible. Like it's at their fingertips as mm-hmm. opposed to like, you know, watching it on MTV or BET, which <laughs> probably nobody even knows what that is except for the people right. listening to the podcast. Yeah. They're like, but, what? MTV shows music videos? What? What is that? Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like for me, Instead of telling my kids, you know, hey, don't hang out with that boy. Don't do drugs. Don't do that. Like, for me personally, like, I don't care if you drink or smoke as an adult, you know, when you're supposed to. But for me, I looked at it as how can I tell my kids, don't smoke, don't do drugs, don't smoke weed. And again, I'm not saying any of that is wrong because you do you. But I can't look at my kids in the face and tell them not to do something and then I'm doing it. Right. You know? And so like my middle daughter, Gabby, she holds me accountable. Every time I say a curse word, even though I'm allowed to, cause I'm an adult, I owe her a dollar. Oh snap. <laughs> yeah. So let me tell you $50 later, I've learned not to cuss around her. <laughs> and I hold true to my word. I give her that money because again, like, how am I going to tell her to do something and then be like, no, nah, I'm an adult. Right. I don't have to pay you, you know? Right. So I think it's giving me the opportunity to show them that, you know, you're true to your word too. So I can be that difference in their life by just being the difference in my own life. Right. Kids will definitely keep you accountable if you tell them to. Yeah. Right. It's, it's crazy. And I'll tell you, you know, give a shout out to all the girl dads, but I definitely want to give a shout out to all the boy dads like myself and I got three boys in my house, even though I have a daughter too, but I got three boys. And 
you, of course, there's always going to be pros and cons, right? To yep. having a girl or a boy. Boys are gross. I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's what I've heard. And I've kind of seen it too. Yeah, I tell everybody that. Boys yeah. are gross. And I can share many, many stories of why they're gross. And, <laughs> and it's like, I had to think to myself sometimes, was I gross like that growing up? Like, right, right. ask my mom sometimes. But, um, yeah. But yeah, but <laughs> most definitely. And so when you're saying like being a girl dad and uh, and and how you have your girls and you don't know if you were ever one a boy because you also know you was a certain way with like your dad, right? I just heard yep. you say you were, you know, kind of with the hugs and the, and the kisses. And and I can say you're probably, besides my, my uncles who I've had on the show, you're probably mm-hmm. the first guest that I actually know their dad, like oh, her, yeah. like I've met them, you know what I'm saying? Like, and converse mm-hmm. with them, work with them, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Eric and whatnot. And so tell me a little bit, man, um, about how you and your dad, like how your dad raised you and, and how y'all grew up. Man, so my dad, he comes from one crazy is that, He's one of 18 siblings. What? Yes. So he has his, you know, biological family. And then they divorced. And then they had their family. And then he got adopted. And they have that family. So he has 18 siblings. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And in that, he was... So one thing that I've kind of seen, like, for life, like, 18 siblings and still not feel like a full out family um, in in that time when he was young, you know? Mm-hmm. So like to say he had 18 siblings and as a youngster, he was still not like, he didn't feel like he was a part of a family, which brings me to like what he raised us to be was nothing but family. Right. And it wasn't just blood. Anybody who you came in contact with that you trusted enough or even trusted a little bit, if you brought them into your home, they're now your family and you treat them like family. And um, so that's been the biggest thing he's harped on everybody is just family, family. Ohana, that's what he tells everybody he meets. Ohana means family and family yeah. means what? Nobody gets left behind. That's true. He's definitely, he definitely did that to me when, when exactly. I was there. I know he did. I know he did. <laughs> Your pops, man, he's so funny. He used to try to convince me to leave the CDC and come work for the youth center. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And I also remember that uh, that time, man, he, he, he brought me over, invited me over to where they, like their work area over at mm-hmm. the, uh, the old bubble building. And yep. uh, he was like, hey, Mr. Anthony, come over, man. I got a whole pig over here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, a whole pig? Like, what? Yep. He's like, yeah. Yep. Come on over, man. Get some food. And like, man, yeah. I went over there and dude, they had your pops had so much food over there. I was like, yeah. how? Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, he was definitely all about the love there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And honestly, like being raised with my dad, if you look at our family, like growing up, most people saw my dad as an abusive father because he raised us very old school, like. He didn't spare the rod. He spanked us. He, I mean, he punched us. He threw us against walls or he did me. At least I could speak from example. (laughs) I mean, he broke bats. 
Uh, not that, but you know those rods, those wood rods, those dowels that you have in your closet to hang your clothes on? Jesus, man. Yeah, man, he broke that over my back because... Look, man, look, look, man, I'm a mandated reporter, man. You can't be telling me all this stuff. <laughs> I know, but you know, <laughs> you know, I'm an adult now, so I can say that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and most people would look at that and be like, what the hell? Why isn't he in jail? Why didn't, that, why didn't you kill that man, you know? <laughs> And like, honestly, to me, like, it was the only way I would listen. Like, I don't think he knew that. I think that was just the way of his discipline and showing love because to me, that was love because that's kind of how he grew up. But I had the right mindset to be like, he wouldn't do that to me unless he loved me. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I, I do. I get that. And, you know, so I'll, I'll tell you. <clears throat> I share kind of that same, that similar story, right? But it was, it was uh, like more on my mom's side though. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of times though, is we, us as kids, we, mm -hmm. we experience that, right? And yeah. we, we try to like tell ourselves exactly what you said, which is, this is out of love. This is it. And then you grow up and then you're like, man, you know what? That helped me become a better person, a better man. It kept me out of trouble, blah, blah, blah. But... Mm -hmm as I've become older and wiser and doing my yep. own little research and stuff, I, I have also accepted the fact that that was just what it was. It was abuse. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. You know, and it doesn't change that the love I have for my parents, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And whatnot. Um, it's yep. just, we, sometimes we have to frame it the right way for us to, to grow with it. And so absolutely. I, like, as I got older, talking to like different friends and stuff and it's like man some of those like what they are is childhood traumas absolutely we, we take them and we mold them into what makes us feel good at the moment mm -hmm. um, those, th those things definitely shape us you know what i'm saying yeah didn't mean to derail your your <laughs> what you were saying i just no, want no, sometimes no. like give people that different perspective yeah yeah because i have a similar story so mm -hmm. i think just to tell especially my friends it's like when yeah. I hear them say things like that it's like okay i get it but yeah, it was a no. like <laughs> absolutely absolutely um so one thing though that i did learn from from that and again you know yes it was abuse but the one thing my dad did talk to me and i think a lot of parents that do you know, abuse their kids. And I'm not using this as like my dad's scapegoat that it oh, was yeah. okay. Right. But he would always come back and love me just as hard as he did. That's great. You know, abuse me. And then it wouldn't, he wouldn't leave it at that. Like, you know, you deserve that. He would right. be like, hey, you know, now that all that is done, do you understand why I went off on you the way I went mm. off? And he would admit that, you know, I shouldn't have hit you. I shouldn't have did that. Um, you know, he admitted that that was part of his problem. Mm -hmm. But the one thing he always did was talk to me and explain, one, how much he loved me. And two, why I, why he did what he did. But to help me understand, like, Jojo, if you wouldn't have just did this, we wouldn't have had to escalate to that. And again, I'm not making excuses for why he did it. But it literally helped me understand talking to your kids is the best thing you can. I mean, communication is the best thing you can have a trait for anything you do, but especially raising kids. Mm -hmm. 
And that's the one thing that I've taken from all of that with my dad is how much he communicated, even though I didn't understand it as a kid, but I do as an adult now. Um, for my oldest daughter, you know, the scariest part is when she starts dating. <laughs> you know and, what? You took it right out of my mouth. I was going to ask you about that date that yeah. you post about. Yeah. Um, and so what I've been doing since Isabel was, you know, probably like eight, nine, ten years old when she started, you know, when I knew that she knew what a boy was and what it was more than just, oh, he's my friend, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I always told her, you don't have to tell me anything, but I want you to be able to. Right. Like, I want to enjoy your first kiss with you. Yeah, I don't think any man's ever going to be good enough for you because I'm your dad and that's how <laughs> it's supposed to be. But at some point, you're going to be old enough to do things that you want to do. And I don't want you to ever feel like you have to hide it from me because right. I'm a dad who wants to share that with you. Like, I want to know about your first kiss. I want to know about the first time you decide to have sex. Like, if you do it at a young age, I want you to be able to come and tell me and I'm going to be disappointed and heartbroken, mm -hmm. but I want you to be able to come to me and be like, dad, you know, I just had sex. And, uh, what do you think about that? I'm gonna <laughs> tell you that I can't stand you. And, uh, I can't believe you did it, but I'm glad you can come to me. And that's the one thing I've always made sure that she can do. And thankfully it's worked. She had her first boyfriend. She got caught Snapchatting. I mean, I don't think it was anything bad, but, the, the one rule was you couldn't have Snapchat because you could delete everything. Right. And so she ended up getting caught and uh, her mom was actually the one who took the disciplinary act on it because I was just, I was shocked because I was like, man, we did everything right with you. you we, you know, met the parents. We started slow. Y'all were allowed to only be friends. You only could talk in person. Like, you know, and then we slowly opened the door for you and everything was good. And we gave you the opportunity to text and call as you free willed. You know, she's 14. So, like, I'm not going to be crazy. Like, 14 is not old enough to date in my eyes. But, you know, mm -hmm. I was 14 once, I remember. But uh, she ended up hiding it. And somehow her mom found out. And uh, then after her mom disciplined her, she said, Baby, you got anything to say? I looked at Isabel and I was like, Nope, I'm just heartbroken. Like, oh. that's it. And I think to me, that was probably the hardest thing for her to hear. Right. Yeah, I'll tell you, you know, uh, one of my good friends, my, my best friend, he told me um, one of the, the, the worst things his dad ever told him once when he got in trouble was, son, I'm disappointed in you. Mm -hmm. And he said, man, that hurt worse than the whooping. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah like, give me a whooping all day long. Just don't tell me you're disappointed. Right. Like, that's, yeah. that's, man, you know, I'm, I'm not looking forward to those things when my daughter gets that age. She's only seven. And yeah. you know, she, yeah. she definitely um, has, has already like, <clears throat> she's, she's super like shy, right? My daughter's mm -hmm. super shy. She doesn't want me to know anything like girly about her. Like she right. don't even like, like dancing in front of me. Like she'll be <laughs> shy about that. Like yeah. she, this summer when I had her, right, mm -hmm. um, her, her mom sent her with like her training bras and stuff. Like uh -huh. amazing because she's seven and I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, like what? 
she yeah, did not even want to wear them because she didn't even want me to see them. Like, right, right. Like, nope. Like, <laughs> she, so it, it is funny, man. It's like your girls, you know, like you said, when you, when you show them that compassion and that love and, and whatnot, they, they don't want to disappoint you. They don't want to even show you certain sides of them because they don't want to, they don't want to, you know, break your heart and stuff. But yep. like, I know that time's going to come when my daughter's going to be talking about dating boys and liking boys and all that good stuff. And I just, I feel the same way. I hope that she trusts me enough, respects me enough to tell exactly. me what's going on, ask me what's going on. Cause I'm going to tell her the truth. I'm gonna be like, no, just, just watch out. Be careful. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's, it's always that you, man, you have to, especially us dads, like we, especially to our daughters, we have to one, show them what love is right. By, right. you know, sh- showing them that we love their mom. You know what I'm saying? And exactly. respect their mom and how you talk to their mom. Um, mm-hmm. Cause that's the behavior they're going to expect from a guy that likes them. You know Absolutely. I mean? And, yeah. and then you also show them what a man is like, like what it is to be a gentleman, like mm-hmm. opening doors, paying for stuff. Well, not even necessarily paying for stuff, but taking care, you know what I'm saying? Yep, exactly. Um, things. And, you know, and like I said, just the ultimate respect. And so she's going to always look at you as the example and if yep. you're a great example, that's what she's going to expect from the guy. So it'll make, it actually makes it easier for you if you're a great dad, giving her the example yeah, yeah. what a man should be like and how a man should treat them. Absolutely. She's going to have the utmost standards. Like, shoot, my dad do this for my mom. You're you going to do the same stuff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. That's like, right. Like, that's utmost. And I think, man, you're you right on track because, like, I see the way you – interact with your wife and how you, you know, have that imagery out there. Um, I know your daughters are seeing a great example of what a dad should be like and what, how he should handle himself and take care of the family. Um, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I know you, so you got, I know you have one brother, but have, uh-huh. do you have any other siblings? Yeah, there's actually four of us boys total. And okay. uh, there's a 22-year age gap between my oldest brother and then my baby brother. Oh, you, oh, you know what? I, I did meet your uh, – I met two of your brothers. I haven't – I don't know about the old one. You probably met Sean, which is the oldest one, who does the videos. Right. Yep, yep. Yep. And then you met Charlie because he worked at the youth center. That's the baby. Yeah. Okay. And then our other uh, other brother, Chuka, he – uh. He's in well. He was in Korea. I don't know where he's at, but he's in the army. So oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So it was all three of y'all. Which is four of us. Oh, four. I'm sorry. And yeah. so, <laughs> did do you think that all of you got treated the same, or was somebody the baby got treated like a baby, or? I would say that we all got our fair share of being spoiled yeah but i would say that my baby brother because one he came at the time when my parents were more well off you know what i'm saying okay i think if my parents were as well off as they are now that we would have got as much as he did because i mean he got you know we all kind of got cars at the right age and everything else but he got the new Mustang and then he wrecked it. He got another new Mustang. So granted, he does deserve the things he gets, but he's definitely getting the higher end things. Um, 
of life and then not to mention like honestly i save him a lot of the time because like <laughs> dad's a little older so he's a little bit more temperamental so i'll be like dad dad come on you know i did that it's fine he'll be fine right kind of thing and um i'm kind of my dad's i think my oldest brother was my dad's right hand man at first but because he went off and he had his own his own family you know we were 11 years apart so by the time I was you know old enough to see eye to eye with my dad as like a young man my brother was going off making his own family yeah so then he looked at me to be like the eldest you know and uh, he actually gave me his middle name which is Kahuna Nui and so he always preached to me that like you have my name so you got to leave this family and I really took that to heart so like you know, my oldest brother is always going to be my oldest brother, but I looked at it as, like, my dad put me as in, like, you're going to take care of him, you're going to take care of your other older brother, and your baby brother, Right. and so that's what I've always did, and so, like I said, um, anytime my little brother would get into trouble, I'm like, dude, come on, like, I told you not to do that, <laughs> like, I'm almost being dad and brother at the same time, mm-hmm. but then I'm running to my dad and being like, dad, it's fine, you know, he's still young. Don't forget, you can't compare him to me when mm-hmm. you can. But at the same time, I was, you know, running that midway for him so he wouldn't get in trouble. So he's definitely spoiled, but, you know, <laughs> he's a baby. He can, he can have that. Well, overall, I mean, like you say, your motto, you was being the difference with your brother. Yep, yep. Yeah, overall, that, yeah, I definitely see that, man. Um, Absolutely. <clears throat> so right now, man, we got – Coronavirus, mm-hmm. going crazy. It's corona time. Right, <laughs> that Rona, you know what I'm saying, is yep. going off everywhere. It's got everybody in the house, being isolated. You know, mission essential, all that crap. Yeah, yep. people being stupid, buying all the tissue and. I know. I don't get it, man. <laughs> I just don't. Like, you really don't need that much toilet paper. It's crazy. It's the, I don't get it why people are buying all the toilet tissue. I don't. Still, though, too. Like, still they're doing that. Like, yes, they are. Uh, my wife actually, uh, we're out in California, and the, the governor actually put out an ordinance pretty much that you can't be out unless you have something covering your face. Um, oh, wow. They did that there? Yeah. They started that yesterday. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, we haven't made it that far yet. Yeah, and so they... Um, so so Jackie was out, you know, early this morning, like six six thirty seven o'clock, go, trying to go grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. Um, and the line, she said, she sent me a picture, man. Lines across, like across the parking lot. Like they only letting like fifty people in at a time at Walmart. Yeah, like, five people at a time. Well, so they would like they started that when uh, when they told Florida they were gonna have like the stay at home like guidance rule or whatever. And so I guess they were just preparing for people to like rush in there. So they would like, they had a line outside and it was like, okay, five people just left. Now five people can go in. Five people just right. left. Now five people can go in. So it's, it's crazy. Like, <clears throat> like some of the, some of the biggest things like I know we've had to deal with here just in our home is one kids are out of school. Mm-hmm. So my, my daughter, even though she's in Texas, she's been out of school for a month now. You know, yeah. my son at home here, 
kindergarten. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He now, you know, been out of school for a month. He has been going to, you know, after school care. So he's not even really getting that, you know, socialization that he usually gets, you know, for a yeah. six-year-old. And um, so he wants attention like crazy, you know, mm-hmm. coming home. And it's like doing work. My wife, bless her heart. She's at home with them. And mm-hmm. I just know that's one of the biggest, like craziest things that's going on right now. The life change in, in that is yep. he's not being in school. You know, I'm still going to work because I'm Mission Essential for my job yeah. here at the Air Force Base. And even though I don't want to, because I'm like, right, right. <laughs> like risking my life, you know, these folks out here, because people still yeah. not, you know, doing the right things. And yep. You yep. kind of have to give people the side eye when you see them not washing their hands or, mm-hmm. you know, coughing without covering their mouth. And yeah, it's craziness, right? And Absolutely. so, like, in, in your home, man, what's some of the, like, the biggest, like, things that's changed uh, with your family? Well, so the first two weeks of the whole thing starting actually fell perfectly because that was our spring break here. Mm, okay. So they technically went back to school, online schooling, last week, or actually this past Monday, and I was just, I was terrified for it because <laughs> I didn't know how to help them, and you know, thank God I'm still working, which I work for Clean Eats, which is a meal prep company. And oh, I, you, I, just, see, I didn't know you was actually working at Clean Eats. Yep, yep. I left the CDC to go work and start training at Clean Eats so I can open up a store in Pensacola. That's fire. Within the next month or two, hopefully, you know, with this whole corona thing happening, yes. I may delay a little bit, but Dang. I'm in process of doing that. And that's part of the of the reason I actually had a transformation is because I use them to help eat the same foods all the time. Right, right. Or stay within the same calorie range. So uh, that was cool that I got to use something and now I'm going to be a part of it. So it is dope. Clean Eats is fire. When I was there, I would eat there. Um, I love their food, man. It's crazy. Yes, yes. And it's, it's, it's so good just to have them at my disposal now. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, and thank God, you know, for that company that they're staying strong and letting us work because, you know, as much as I would love to be home, um, I still have bills to pay. Right. You know? So, um, my wife's not working cause she's a photographer and, you know, nobody yeah. wants to be out taking pictures <laughs> when, you know, you could be getting sick. Right. So she's been the home front, you know, taking care of the kids. Thank God for her. Mm-hmm. Because um, she, you know, that's twenty four seven, no breaks, you know. And uh, but you know, the one thing about this whole Corona thing, like it, it's sickness, it's scary, it's pandemonium. But the one thing I see is like, so for my mom, for example, she's been running her restaurant for thirty plus years, working fifty plus hours, mm. nonstop, never taking a break because that's the one thing she taught us is like you work you work to provide and you'll have enough time to rest when you're dead so like just keep working you know right and these last you know what sucks they had to shut their restaurant down because they weren't you know able to keep the doors open with everything and they just weren't making the money but to me the one thing i see is a blessing is like this woman actually gets to put her feet up for like two weeks and not worry about anything yeah 
and you know and my dad too he's 67 years old uh recovering from cancer has an ileostomy bag and still going to work 40 plus hours a week and that man worked harder yeah and so like now i'm sitting back like you know through all this yeah it sucks and the restaurant had to close and god willing we're gonna open back up and continue where they left off but like I've never seen my mom's eyes and her body so at ease and my dad too. So to me, it's like, man, that's, that's the blessing in disguise. And then also all these parents who it's not that they don't want to spend time with their kid. They don't. They <laughs> well, okay. I'll agree with that to most, but there are all those ones families, like the dads who do nothing but work now have no choice, but to hang out with their family. So right. Like, to me, I'm hoping that this time they're actually spending time with their family. Right. And they're rekindling that fire with their, their spouses or just even their kids. Cause like, you know, we're all supposed to be inside, but like you see families outside that I've never I've lived in the same neighborhood for the last twenty years. I've never seen these families outside, let alone <laughs> families. And now you see them outside playing couch, playing frisbee, having a picnic, and I'm just like man, even though this sucks and everybody's going to be in a financial stump here shortly, like, these people actually get to love each other for a little while and be a family. So, like, through all this chaos, I think God's got something right going on in in some form, whether you want to see it or not, that there are people out there who are getting a chance to breathe a little and be with their family. So, Yeah, and, you know, I think that's... To add on to that point, man, you know, when I say parents don't want to spend time, I mean, and I mean that from me, I work in childcare yep, and yep. I see it. It's, Dropping the kids off from six to six. And man. Like you working still, the whole time. Yeah. Still at this time, you know, mm-hmm. people are still dropping their kids off at our centers on a military base from time we open to and picking up when we close. It is, yeah, and he, you know what I'm saying? Even taking the late fees. <laughs> yeah, that too. You know, we we haven't had many of those, but you know, it's happened before. And yep. you know, I I pray too, man, that <clears throat> parents are taking that time to, you know, get back in the household when they have the time off. And luckily for us, man, like here, even though I'm going to work pretty much every day, mm-hmm. we, we have a little bit more leeway with leave and um taking time off and stuff because it's it's Mm -hmm. not so much to do because nobody's really at work you know what i'm saying yeah and so i've been able to you know take leave here and there a couple hours here a couple hours there it makes a difference you know it it makes a difference between coming home at seven o'clock at night or Mm -hmm. coming home at four in the afternoon you know um and so i i definitely want to encourage all the dads that's out there listening and or going to be at home during this time um hopefully you're still employed that's first of all because you got to pay those bills um and i'm hoping you take that time and really um play with your kids um have that that intimate time with your wife and just be a dad be involved like Mm -hmm. it don't take much like today man i was posting on on instagram i was in my backyard with my kids I saw that you were doing handstands. Yo, bro, first of all, I'm, so I so that that was like the sixth, seventh take, you know what I'm saying? Hey, that's 
that's that's the glory of Instagram, man. Right, right, yeah. I can, I can show when I finally did it, but hey, that first time I tried to do it, oh yeah. man, straight crumbled. Like I was like, yeah. oh lord, like no doubt, no <laughs> doubt, busted out. Like and my wife was cracking up, the kids was laughing at me. You know, my son, he's really into like doing flips and cartwheels now. All of a sudden. So I'm just trying to support him. Like, look, I can do it too. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, my wife is out there doing cartwheels and doing all type of crazy stuff. And I was actually outside doing my workout. So I got my bands yep. and I was outside. Man, we got a big tree in the back. So I was using it as my, oh, my resistance uh, with my bands and, and getting Heck my workout yeah. in. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, um, it was a good time playing outside. I was outside for a minute, getting that good sun in the backyard and Mm-hmm. and as safe as possible but you know saturdays sundays my weekends mm-hmm. I'm, i mean i'm not at work so yeah. I'm taking that, those opportunities man to <clears throat> be more involved it's like i try to tell like even the guys that i work with and other dads that i run into it's like five minutes an hour whatever you can give your kids like undivided attention it means yeah. the world to them and you don't know it like people think you gotta do these extravagant trips or things, you know, taking them this and spending all type of money. Yeah, nope. no, they, they just nope. want you there. They just want you there. They want your attention. That's it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. that's why I try to, to preach to dads and even to myself is like, shoot, my son keep calling my name. I'm like, what, boy? Like, what right. do you want? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We just got done playing for an hour. Yeah. Like, me and my son, it was funny. Um, my wife blew up some balloons and we got some, uh, like, old ping pong paddles. And we set mm-hmm. up some chairs in the living room, and me and yep. my son were like playing ping pong with a balloon. There it like, is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he loved that. I did it for like 20 minutes, and I was like, "Look, man, I'm tired, man. You got me <laughs> <laughs> right running around the it. living room. You know how old my knees are, like what? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so uh, it, that was funny. And so it's like just those little things, man. Like that, you know. Although the coronavirus is such a, a terrible thing that's going on right now, and I, I pray that people who are getting it are are healing from it and are, are getting better. Um, and I pray that people who don't have it, don't get it and that you're being safe out here, um, hand washing and covering your mouth and, you know, not touching stuff. And, and, and at the end of the day, staying home. Yep. Yep. Um, so at, I know we talk about homeschooling, man. Like mm-hmm. my son's doesn't start until Monday. So like mm-hmm. me and my wife are prepping. I'm going to actually take off Monday so I can help mm-hmm. him. Um, get online and, and help him with his stuff. Um, <clears throat> and so I'm excited about that. You know, my wife's been doing at home with him, just stand on top of him with his journaling and writing his letters and, you know, um, his spelling yeah. words, sight words, stuff like that. And Absolutely. she said it's been challenging days like this, especially to get him to read. Right. Um, like what, what have you been doing and what have you and your wife been doing to, um, with your girls, what do you see are uh, challenges that you're doing this coronavirus time with homeschool? So initially, the the hardest thing was trying to get them set on just doing it because mm. for two weeks it's been you know almost like summer. Stay up mm-hmm. late, do whatever, watch <laughs> TV, do nothing, be on your phone, whatever. So actually, one thing my dad helped me with is he was like, "Look, I know you're going to be at work." So I'm coming to pick your girls up at seven. School starts at seven. They got to 11 to do their work. Then it's free time. And I was like, oh, man, that's a great idea. So they did that for a few days. And then, of course, like, 
my wife was like, I want them home. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that's fine. She's, we have a whiteboard. We actually have like three whiteboards around the house because like I have ideas all the time mm-hmm. and I don't want to just put it in my phone. I want to write it down. Like I'm old school. I got to write stuff down. Yeah. So she's like, babe, why don't we just put a schedule together? That way we can work out too. Because like, while I'm at, I'm working 50 plus hours a week right now. So I'm gone from like eight o'clock in the morning till five, six o'clock at night. And right. again, as, as sucky as that is, thank God, because I'm still making money. Right, right. But she was just like, babe, what if we just write a schedule down? You know, they wake up, they have breakfast, just like they would be in school, just not as early. And then they do their school, then we work out and stuff like that. So like for us, the biggest thing is just having it face value, like right there in front of you, like here's a schedule and it doesn't have to be just like school but it needs to be some kind of format that they could go to and be like, okay, it's eight o'clock. We need to be, you know, brushing our teeth. And, you know, they're still kids. They need to be, you know, taught. Right. Give some structure. And that was the best thing. Cause luckily, luckily for us, like both of our, both of the girls that are doing the homeschool, I mean, the oldest one, she don't like it at all, but <laughs> she understands that like, if she wants a future, she needs to do school. Right. You know? And, uh, so she's like, well, I'm just going to do it. And the middle one, she's she's our brainiac. She loves school. She'll go to school when there's no school. Like right now, she's <laughs> like, no, why don't we just go to school? Like we could just, you know, learn. I'm just like, baby, chill. You're, you're good. <laughs> but, uh, but having that structure in front of them, especially when my wife wrote out the, the schedule for them, I mean, it's like clockwork. Like, I, of course, I work out at 4 o'clock in the morning. So I wake up, work out. I have my breakfast, and then when I'm about to walk out the door, I wake the girls up. They wake up, take the dogs out. They have breakfast together. They get their tablets or whatever the computers that they're using. They get those out, start doing homework, <clears throat> do their chores around the house, go work out, and then by like one, two o'clock, they have the whole day to do whatever they want. As long as they do that first part, <clears throat> get them said. And even my oldest daughter was like, Dad. I'm glad mom did that. And I'm like, I'm glad she did too. Cause look, y'all got a schedule and it's all done. And then even like on the weekend, I was like, Hey, did y'all do any schoolwork? No, nah, dad, it's the weekend. I said, okay, well, it's the weekend. <laughs> I was like, but my, of course the youngest one was like, dad, I did a couple assignments. I hope you're not mad. And I was like, I'm mad that you're doing school. I mean, <laughs> I should be thrilled, but like at the same time, like, yeah, take a break. You know, you, you deserve it. Man, you know, man. So. <laughs> my son, my six year old, he's so funny. He he won't know parts of this homeschooling stuff. Like I'm, I honestly hope it fails, honestly. <laughs> I'm not ready for the kids to go full out technology on school. Like I like them going to school. I like social interaction right. outside of computers. So right, I'm right. hoping as a whole it fails, but the people who do do it don't have to restart the grade. That's the one thing I'm glad for. Yeah. That was the talk that like, oh, everybody's going to have to redo their grade. And nah. Like, so messed up, man. Yeah, and I feel bad for like the graduating class of 2020, man. Yeah, that's like, nuts. They can't, you know, participate in a ceremony. Oh, well, hopefully, you know, this dies down in a few months and mm-hmm. everybody's healthy and whatnot. We can, you know, go back outside per se. And, you know, they maybe, you know, in the summertime, maybe they do graduation ceremonies and stuff. I hope so, because, you know, man, I mean, 12 years, that's what they waited for. Right, exactly. You know, that's a big step for a lot of kids and a lot of families, man, is to have that moment of graduation. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so mm-hmm. shout out to the class of 2020. Y'all going to be known as the, like the quarantine class, but. That's right. Class of 2020. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, uh, man, that, you know what? That just made me think about is my actual 20-year class reunion is this year from high school. Oh, wow. That's wild. <laughs> I'm old, but either way, that's way off subject. <laughs> but um, so, I, I, you know, I'm right there with you as far as the technology thing being a successful thing. And it's like, mm-hmm. I want my son to be successful and of course learning his his things and whatnot. I just hope that this is not the way forward. You know what I'm saying? Right. Not yet. Yeah, nah. And it's like, we're not on the Jetsons, you know what I'm saying? Like we need to go to school and, That's right. and learn. That's right. And I'm even more mad because my son has a great teacher, you know? Yeah. Shout out to uh, his teacher, Miss King. There you go. She's fire. Like, <laughs> like she's amazing. And so mm-hmm. um, I'm like, dang, that sucks that, you know, he can't have those opportunities to, you know, get that love and care from her and That's uh, right. learning those things from her. Um, instead, he got learning from his dad and his mom. You know, even <laughs> though I am a certified teacher, I have my degree right. in elementary education, and I used to be a teacher. He don't like me as his teacher. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's um, yeah it's like I don't care nothing about that. I don't care. As my yeah. look in on this part of the podcast, you're probably gonna hear my son in the background. One mm-hmm. of my sons, Isaiah. He's coming. He keeps coming to the door, and he's like looking under the door, and he's talking. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he wants to come in here so bad. And uh, and talk. If I open that door, is end of the podcast. Is that's it? Absolutely. <laughs> they go come in here and wreck shop. Uh, yeah. Either way, uh, man. I'm yeah. It's homeschool. We're gonna see. I start on Monday, so we will see how it's gonna go and how you know good or bad this goes with the official mm-hmm. like school work, logging on, reading, and doing assignments and right all this stuff. I don't know how many tears gonna be shed about from this <laughs> and it's probably yeah. gonna be more tears from me than him but this no doubt. No just doubt. do your work like mm-hmm. i want to take this opportunity man um right now is to kind of go and give some flowers you know we want to talk about some dads that are not dead right now um mm-hmm. anybody in particular man that <clears throat> you want to just kind of explain how this dad is out here doing great things, being a great dad, and um, just being an overall example for other dads. Yeah, um, you know, when we kind of talked about this ahead of time um, to think about it, I really couldn't think of too many dads that I felt lived up to the standard to be given flowers at this moment because I feel like a lot of dads have fell into this whole, like, stereotypical being you know i'm just a man i'm a provider that's it like i'm not a dad you know right but uh this one guy actually kept jumping out at me and i just i don't know too much about his life life because like we share um a little bit but you know we don't try to dig into each other's lives but we respect each other a lot um and i actually met him through my journey to bodybuilding we both went to a posing clinic and i met him there Mm Um, but the reason I would give this man his flowers is he's, I I believe he's a 22 year vet and he ended up getting his career cut short because his wife got sick. And I think he was on his way back to another, uh, 
deployment in Japan, maybe. I'm not sure exactly where he went. Just to get a call that says, you have to come home. Your wife is sick. But it wasn't that she was sick. It was basically that she, that was it. Like, she, he had to come home because she was on her deathbed. Man. And so, I don't know exactly how long she's passed. But he's raised four kids by himself through all of this. And, uh, you know, the journey for a bodybuilder in itself is a very selfish sport Mm -hmm. because you have to be dedicated. But he was able to achieve not only doing bodybuilding and uh, his driver, again, was his kids. And that was the story he told me and that I saw through everything that he did. You know, it was to prove to his kids he could do it. And uh, he, first time on stage, looked phenomenal, won, um, did just great things on the stage. And he wasn't about anybody but him and his kids. And I'm just like, yep, that's the kind of dad that I am. You know, in this whole world of people giving you congratulations about how good you look, how good your body looks. All he said was like, can I go be with my kids now? Like, thank you for the trophy. I want to go show my kids. And like, to me, that's the kind of dad you want to be in all of that glory. He wasn't, you know, taking it from anybody. He just wanted to share that with his kids because the main goal was to prove to them that anything was possible. And so like one, he's a black man and I know you can relate. I know the world's come a long way, but at the same time it hasn't. And for a black man to raise four kids, is a you know there's so right. many stereotypes in its own right and he's just come out on top in every sense and his kids are phenomenal they're so respectful and like to me that's a man who deserves some flowers right now because he's out here in this hard world raising four kids by himself and uh that's, so that's, that's to me it's awesome is, yeah so give that man his flowers absolutely um, so for me, man, my, <clears throat> my dad, that I want to shout out that this dad that isn't dead is one of my high school friends. Um, his name is J rock. Well, I, we call him J rock. Um, but he goes by J rock Jones. He is a one. Most importantly, he's a dad of two girls. He's a, he's a girl dad. Um, he has a hey, high yo. schooler. Uh, <laughs> he has a high schooler. And he also has a, a younger daughter. And, you know, the the phenomenal thing about him and why I want to give him his flowers, man, is one, I've seen him mature um, from, from high school to the dad he is now. Um, he's pretty much a single dad, um, co-parenting, you know, raising two girls. Um, his high school girl, she is phenomenal. She, so he is in a band. So his band is called Synergy in a Cup because um, he's he is a, a rap artist slash producer slash whatever. He's a super talented guy into music out there. You should, everybody go check out his, his latest album. Um, it's called Looks Can Be Deceiving. It came out a few months ago. Go download it. Go stream it. Um, it's on all the musical platforms called Looks Can Be Deceiving. His name J-Rock Jones. Um, I think he also has a, another album that's going to be coming out in August. Um, he usually drops some music around his birthday. So yeah, yeah. to to go back to to J Rock, man, he like I said, father of two girls. Um, they they his love for music has obviously um, 
been transferred to his daughter. His daughter is in, in the high school band. Um, she's doing great things. But what's more important <clears throat> is that his girls are seeing him work hard and what he does um, and the things he's doing. He celebrates them every opportunity he can get. And I think one mm -hmm. of the most awesome things is I told him a few months ago I was going to do this. And he mm -hmm. probably like, man, you ain't did it. Or, you know, he probably forgot. So when he mm -hmm. hears this, it's going to be crazy. But yeah, yeah. Um, I commend him, man, because like I said, grew up with him, went to high school with him. We've been always in touch with each other. In fact, he even came to uh, my college graduation all the way in Iowa. He surprised wow. me. He came to awesome. my family. Um, so this, this is more than just a friend, you know what I'm saying? So um, to see him as a dad, um, his beautiful girls. But like I said, his oldest daughter, who went to high school, super smart, super talented. Um, she, a few months ago, received an award, the Academic Award of Excellence from wow. the National Society of High School Scholars. Wow. He had to go to Columbia University in New York. And of course, he was there to take her um, and I think it was her first playing ride. I'm not sure. But mm -hmm. as a dad, to be able to celebrate your child uh, with a academic achievement like that and to take her on a trip and go receive this award. I know he was super proud because he always was posting about it. Um, but I just know how that can feel. And I want to give him his flowers for continuing yes. to be a great dad um, and continuing to do these great things. Um, with his kids and his own personal life. Like I said, y'all go check out his music. It's great. He didn't ask me to do this. He don't know I'm doing this. <laughs> um, but I wanted to give him his flowers um, and, and tell everybody how J-Rock Jones is a dad that's not dead um, yes. out here. Um, but I want to take this time right now to kind of close the show too. Um, come to an end. And George, I want to give you that opportunity to give your father um, his flowers. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, he's created the man I am today, and you know, everything that he goes through, I still learn from, and you know, strive to be just as great as he is. Be sixty-seven with cancer, or you know, no cancer, cancer-free now. But praise God, still, man. You know, his his intestines still aren't connected. Like he's still using the bathroom through a bag. That's crazy. Yeah. It hasn't stopped him one bit. He's in the yard working. He's working 40 plus hours a day. Like he's a maintenance guy. So he's outside and he's 67 years old nonstop. Like there's no limit. So like I give that man many flowers because it's unstoppable with him. So that's where I strive to be. Man, that's dope. And because I know him, I, <laughs> I bet it's hard to even try to tell him to stop working. Yeah, you like, can't. <laughs> the dude does not stop. I remember that a few years ago, man. He was always working hard, man. Um yep. so thank you for that opportunity for to to give your dad his flowers. Um yeah, I'm gonna close this episode, man. Ask you to share if you want to share your social media. Um sure will. Go ahead. All right, y'all can uh see my transformation on Instagram <laughs> yeah. at Yabui Y A B U I underscore is underscore the underscore name and uh you know hit me up look at the you know transformation if you need some help losing weight i got you um i don't give you no cookie cutter plans you know we'll figure something out that really fits you 
And uh, also check out my wife's Instagram, timeless underscore photography 88, because she is the best, and I'm not being biased by any <laughs> means. The best photographer that's got it going on. Um, so check us both out. Follow us and uh, enjoy the the stories you'll see with me because uh, you'll get everything. Kids, food, especially food because I love food. <laughs> and, uh, Definitely food. Well, man, thank you, JoJo. I appreciate you coming on the Daddy Ain't Dead podcast. I um, appreciate your time. Yeah, everybody, please go follow, check out JoJo um, on his Instagram and his wife's photography page. Um, oh. <clears throat> the transformation is real. I had to get you on here. Um, appreciate it as a dad um, somebody that I know somebody that I uh, admire and what you're doing and where I'm trying to go so um, and you will and you yeah, will most definitely most definitely man so make sure y'all go check out my social media y'all know that ain't dead podcast on Instagram Twitter and Facebook make sure you go listen everywhere I am now on 12 different platforms Dang. Yeah, man, it's great. Big it's been time. a blessing. We just got added. I just got added to iHeartRadio. That was a big oh, thing. Wow. So everybody, y'all go check it out. You know, I promise I'm going to do more episodes. But you know, life gets in the way. Coronavirus Absolutely. is out here. <laughs> so, Trying to get everybody. Yeah, you know, so I'm, I'm in the house now. So I can do more episodes. So there again, go, JoJo, thank you for coming on the show. This is thank Daddy Ain't Dead Podcast. Make sure you give me my flowers. Absolutely. Thank you for checking out the latest episode of the Daddy Ain't Dead podcast. But now I need you to go check out that Daddy Ain't Dead merchandise that I got on tpublic.com. Search for the Daddy Ain't Dead podcast and you'll see those bright yellow shirts that is just waiting for you to cop for your dad or for yourself. Make sure you go cop some of that merchandise from the Daddy Ain't Dead podcast. We got things for men, women, kids, infants, everybody. So go cop that Daddy Ain't Dead merchandise. Make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend. Daddy Ain't Dead podcast. Give me my flowers. <laughs>